Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast, where two bitter film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condover Kate, and I'm joined by my regular co host, Mr. It's Mr. Ben Arrington. I was slubbering, slubbering when I was trying to say that. <laughs> my regular co host, Mr. Ben Arrington. There's no S's in Ben Arrington, you're lucky. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, how are you? How's your mouth? I'm good. I'm good. My mouth's all right. It's pretty, it's pretty dry, but I've got a beverage here ready to. A big old cup of coffee. What about you? How are you? Uh, yeah, it's pretty wet, like I said before. <laughs> but um, other than that, man, I'm alright. Yeah. I think um, it's been a bit of a busy weekend. Uh, I've been watching. Everyone's watching horror movies every day. Everyone's doing like um, yeah, what do they call it? Thirty-one yeah. days of Halloween, which is insane. I can't keep up. I've done four. Uh, oh, you've done four, four. You've done four horror movies. Well, I'm counting the Joker as well. That's sort of a horror yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's I guess some, so. It's got some horror movie elements. I've kind of it. Kind of, October snuck up on me. I think if I thought about it a little bit more, maybe I would have done that. But it really did sneak up. It came out of nowhere. Mm. I was like, bloody hell, is it? It went boo. Jesus. <laughs> it went boo. So this yeah. is the this is officially the first episode of October, the first yeah. horror hangout of Halloween month. Currently, we don't have anything really special planned for for Halloween on horror hangout, do we? No. Maybe we should just watch, um, do like a watch along sort of thing. Um, what did we do last year? Was last year when we did the quiz? Maybe, maybe. So this, this I mean, whole year's gone by. This whole year's gone <laughs> by. Maybe, maybe. Um, I think it was the quiz. If we do another quiz episode, I was going to put this to you. Hmm. As the champion, I think I should possibly be challenged. <laughs> about that. Um, okay, by someone yeah. else. So possibly. If Andy wants to take me on, but he's a pretty good quiz master. He's a good quiz master. That would be the big and concern. I'd... I don't think I could yeah. challenge him as a quiz master. Unless, yeah. unless uh, and then... we do uh, 50, 50 uh, rounds of the name game. <laughs> it's like yeah. 50 horror movies and they've all got different names. I don't know. We'll, we'll get something. <laughs> there was a little bit of talk uh, um, from the Valkyries podcast on oh, Twitter. Yeah. yeah. That they, that we were going to take us on. So maybe I could challenge 
Heather from the Valkyries podcast to see if she wants to. Uh, but then if someone comes onto our podcast and beats us on our podcast, we're is that like not the idiots. ultimate disrespect? It, just, we look like idiots. Is that? I just won't publish it. I'll edit it. I'll make it so yeah. their voice comes out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Are you put a voice on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, I'm pretty confident anyway. I'm pretty confident I'll win. That might sound cocky to you. And the tr- truth is, it, it, it is cocky. Yeah. Uh, why not? I'll feed you the answers. Send you oh, some yes, please. Cakes. That'd be good. Send me texts. You can send me texts while it happens. I don't know if I can okay. text. Do people so, still text on Facebook? I mean, a message, Facebook message. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> have you got any news? Uh, oh, my God. No, I haven't got any. I, do you know what? I haven't got any news. Um, I didn't plan any news. You've I've, sent me I've that. I've got left one. Field. I guess I could throw one in there. Go ahead. So, on, every now and again, Joe Bob Briggs does his, like, uh, movie marathons on Shudder. He's doing... Yep. He's just announced a Halloween Hootenanny. Um, and he said, if you plan to watch Halloween this year... Maybe don't watch it just yet because he's probably going to do a big thing about it on, on his streaming thing. But they're always really good, and like people go on Twitter and they, they sort of follow along and watch along, and everyone's chatting to each other about what's going to yep. come up next, and like they talk about the film. It's it's a really good, it's a nice way to be a part of a community of horror movie watching whilst sat in your pants in your living room or in your bedroom, wherever you want to do it. But um, I mean, yeah. Best way to be, isn't it? You yeah, can't exactly. do it out and about anymore. People frown upon it. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. But is that, like, I guess that's, that's some news, isn't it? That's some news, yeah. That, that is a bit of news. I don't know if there's been anything major dropping. I know I did see recently that um, Ghostbusters for the 35th anniversary is going to be back in theatres from October the 6th through yesterday. I watched um, it yesterday. Oh, you did? A, <laughs> it's on my stuff list. I went to watch the 35th anniversary screening of Ghostbusters yesterday. You went to the cinema? Yeah. yeah. What cinema did you go to? Mansfield Odeon. Oh, man. There's a guy Jesus. there dressed as um, Venkman in his, like, you know, his get-up, uh, the backpack and everything. Um, yeah. It was cool. They had, um, there's quite a lot of people there. And there's a lot of, like, adults, maybe about my our age sort of thing, taking their little kids to see Ghostbusters. I think to sort of sort of share the experience, um, so that was kind of nice. And um, yeah. there's like um, it's kind of I was kind of sad as well because before the film starts, it has uh, Bill Murray and uh, Dana Crow and everyone Sigourney Weaver talking about the film, and they were talking about how they they stole shots from New York, which like they didn't have permission. They, you know, in all the scenes of the car, uh, yeah, they said they had the siren on, and the police never stopped them. Because they just kind of assumed they were like the Coast Guard or or some random official <laughs> thing, uh, but like the th- it made me really sad because like that version of New York doesn't really exist anymore, and those sort of films about New York don't really exist. I mean, maybe they ne- maybe it never did. Maybe it's just all in our mind from like eighties. Um, yeah, that's kind of movies. the way that I pictured New York. Like growing up, that's why like I sort of became mildly obsessed with like the the idea of going to New York when I was a kid was because yeah. every single cinematic you know yeah. and friends as well York just looks amazing friends and then um ghostbusters and yeah. home alone 2 yeah and uh well spider-man and spider-man 2 and that was a bit later on but just this magic even even like coming to america which like is set in queens mostly uh i kind of became like obsessed with just this cinematic version of new york i think it's magical mate 
Yeah, it's sad that uh, it doesn't really... I mean, I've never been to New York, actually, and I still want to go. But from what I hear, it's not quite that what we kind of grew up thinking. Like, it's more like... Um, you know, because the big cities now, they're always so expensive. People don't tend to live in central central parts of these cities anymore. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, so just check in. It looks like yeah. um, Ghostbusters isn't showing near me until, like, Halloween week. Well, so I definitely recommend it. The film itself yeah, I mean, it's um, one of, is, is amazing. It holds up really it's well. Of, it's, it's one of my favorites. It's definitely in my solidly in my top five, which is usually... Filled chocolate is chocolate block with stuff that I watched when I was a kid. Can't help that nostalgia trip. Just Bill Murray. Uh, it's just so funny. And just um like the relationship between all of them. Um it's just like magic. And Rick Moranis. Watching him like do Rick his Moranis, thing. Yeah. Like um he's so funny. Like the way he can sort of he his voice just cracks at like the perfect moment just yeah. to get an extra little gag in there somewhere, or the way he locks himself out of his apartment all the time or I don't know. He's just such a yep. funny guy. It's, it's so, I mean, I don't know so much about why he retired. I think, I think what's, team, but... what's different about, I know we discussed this before, but it's generally scary, that film. Yeah. There's generally yeah. Like, scary moments and you really do feel the tension. Like, I mean, the soundtrack when things start kicking off towards the end and all the ghosts get out, it's legitimately terrifying. Like, and and uh, Sigourney Weaver's performance and her voice uh, is scary. I'm, I was even scared of the Marshmallow Man, you know? Yeah, he looks big and cuddly, but he's got he's yeah. got angry face. Goes there. Zool's bloody terrifying. I mean, that is a yeah. You aim know, for so the aim for the aim for the flat top. I was um, <laughs> I was watching the bit where uh the dog comes out and chases. Okay, who brought a dog? And it sort of chases Rick yeah. Moranis. Um, the, oh, there's some kid, there's some younger people, teenagers, kind of laughing at the effects of it. It's got that kind of stop, stop, stop motion. Uh, claymation yeah. thing going on to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was like, weird, it's, it, yeah. it still kind of works for me because it did all the way back when I was a kid. Like, it still holds that that kind of... And the, the, like the music as well, like the menacing orchestral music. It just works so well. And it, it juxtaposes with like the, the New York comedy sort of rom-com style elements there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, just a great film. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a, yeah. it's a wonderful, wonderful film. Any other news? Is that it? I know I did want to mention that this kind of, I don't know if you knew about this, but did you know that there was a Doom, a new Doom film that kind of dropped out of nowhere? Not like a... Yeah, because I heard someone say it was all right. Cinemas. I heard someone say it was pretty good. Yeah, so well, not good. But, so I've know. heard it's maybe all right. Some of the creature stuff is okay. I don't think the performances are going to blow anyone's mind. It's been called a B-movie, a Doom Annihilation. Takes place... At some point in some time, <laughs> so that, I know very little about. It. But I'll just say I'll probably watch that this week. To uh... what? What was it on? Um, what is it on? Netflix or something? Like um, not sure what it's on actually. It's not Netflix. They didn't release in cinemas, did it? So maybe I'm not sure what it released on. Hmm. So a lot of cool stuff coming look. out from the film festivals. They're all playing uh, Richard Stanley's Color Out of Space. Apparently, it's it's okay. pretty good. Which I was. I'll be honest, I just wasn't expecting it because Richard Stanley did hard, Hardware, which was all right. I mean, it's kind of low budget and it had a lot of cool stuff going for it, but I don't think it was a great film. And then he did, there was a whole thing with the Island of Ducks and Moreau, which kind of went, yeah. went AWOL. So this, is, this, is, this is H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. 
story, right? Yeah. And then he hasn't made it. He went. He disappeared. He sort of lived in Africa for a while, and for years, like I think twenty years or something. It's come out of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, Elijah Woods Production Company has produced this film, um, Cut Out of Space, and apparently it's great. Apparently it's like fantastic. Oh, so Nicholas Cage. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Very, yeah, very exciting. This is good. Um, and what else is due to come out? So, not sure if this. Well, I guess it kind of falls into the horror thing slightly, but it's a Zombieland sequel. Do you think we need a Zombieland sequel ten years later? Are we going to keep oh, seeing also, the trailers? And I keep thinking. He's in the trailer. I keep thinking I'm not that interested. Just... Yeah, I don't feel that interested, but I would consider Zombieland genuinely. Yeah. So it almost, you know, it's probably ten years later, but it doesn't look like they've done anything to set to suggest it's ten years later. They've literally just gone. It's pretty much just the same film. You know, everyone's yeah. still wearing the same clothes, saying the same things. No one's, no one's, no one's depressed by the fact that they've been living in a zombie apocalypse all this time. Everyone's still quipping. Um, never going to stop quipping. Never going to stop quipping. Can't stop quipping. <laughs> oh, my God. Kill me. Yeah, so that's that. Anything else on your on your stuff on the guffers, gufferoos for this week? Yeah, I watched uh, Happy Death Day. It landed on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I know a lot of people oh, it's on really Netflix. liked it. They're yeah. both on Netflix, right? Are they both on Netflix? I don't know. One and two? I hope so, actually. I'd watch the second one. What do you know, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> I watched the first one, um, and I watched it with Kat. And Kat doesn't like horror movies really. She likes some, but um, this one I thought like it's not going to be overly scary. Uh, it'll be all right for her. No. Um, but I mean, Kat got really scared at Riverdale, <laughs> so this was a little bit scary for her. But she enjoyed it. Just from how bad it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's um, it's I mean, it's Groundhog Day meets Scream. That's the the sort of the best way I can pitch yeah. it. Uh, and okay. it's fun. It's like really well done. Like it's exactly what it says in the tin. It's solid. Yeah. Like, and you can't really complain about any of it. It's just and the, the lead, the lead uh, actress is really good and it carries the film really well. And then I watched them. Um, Tigers are not afraid. Have you seen this one? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, both of those are films that I haven't seen that I would like to see. But I've heard good things about Tigers Not Afraid. Um, it's on Shudder. Is that correct? It is. Yeah, and it's. Great. I think it's some, for some people it's going to be like fantastic, but for me it was just great. Like it's um kind of in the same genre as Devil's Backbone and Pan's Labyrinth, sort of dark fantasy with kids and and war zones and horrible adult stuff. Um, but it's yeah. um so it's it's takes place in Brazil. <laughs> Apparently, there's a a point in time where big portions of cities were sort of becoming abandoned, and there's just kids that unaccounted for. Tons of kids that just no one knows what what happened to them. Um, so it's about these kids sort of living in this sort of environment, and then there's a whole fairy tale aspect that comes into it where a girl gets three wishes, and the wishes turn out to be um, the kind of wishes where you they're kind of twisted a little bit to what you think you're gonna get. Uh, but yeah, it's yep. um, yeah. it's definitely worth watching. A great soundtrack as well. Wow, nice, quite yeah. low budget. Is that right? I've heard it's quite low budget, so it's good for this. See, it didn't seem that low budget. It had I mean, at no point did I think, ooh, that's a bit oh, okay. janky. I thought it was just a quite a small release, but maybe I've Yeah. So one other thing <laughs> One other thing I quickly mentioned is the Creep Show T V show. The Creep Show. The Creep T V show. Which is mm-hmm. uh Greg Nicotero's brought back. Um 
based on the old uh, classic film from the 80s. Um, and it's all right. It's not amazing. Um, so the first, I've listened to one episode. I'm, st- I'm still listening. I'm still listening. I'm just derobing. Okay. Keep going. So I've only watched the first episode, and there's two stories. Oop, there he goes. Uh, the first one is based on Stephen King's short story called Grey Matter, and it's good. It had Tobin Bell and uh, the guy from Breaking Bad who plays the drug dealer. I can't remember his name now. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, good. Gus. Yeah. Named Gus, but I don't know what his real name is. And Adrian Barbeau in it. It's, it was all right. It's just, it seemed a bit, a bit, a little bit cheap. And the endings for both of these stories in this first episode just didn't seem to land. Like, it just seemed to not quite know how to finish the story. Uh, like the the second story was uh, based on a Josh Malaman short story called the House and House and the Head or something like that. And it's it's got loads of good bits. Like it's um, a doll's house, and then this the doll's house becomes haunted. This little girl finds a little head, a zombie head, like a voodoo zombie head, in the doll's house. And she in the whole every time she looks back at the doll's house, more of this haunting situation um, sort of developed. So it's got the adults looking. Like she'll look back at the doll's house, and the adults are going up into the attic in the doll's house, and then she'll look back again, uh, and then the the kid will be scared, but they don't know. Like looking at some po- po- corner of the room, um, you don't know why, and it, it's all right. It's a really cool concept, but it just um, kind of falls flat at the end. Where, where did you watch this? It's on Shudder as well. Oh, okay, yeah. interesting, interesting indeed. Yeah. Uh, where are you? Well. I guess. I mean, I saw Child's Play, so the oh, cool. the, the the remake reimagining of the original. Um, it it obviously it, I think it does does well to like craft its own identity. I just don't think it's an identity that's like that great. It's right. almost like it's got a few it's got a few like fairly interesting spins and satisfying kills, but it's not. It hasn't got the humor, obviously, of of of, of, of the original Child's Play, and it doesn't. It doesn't quite yeah. hit the mark. They've really taken some liberties in terms of what they've done with the mythology of the, of the character, and you know, explaining that. And it's got Audrey Plaza, Audrey Plaza, yeah, Audrey Plaza in it. And I think she's awesome in everything she's in, but she's so underutilized. They've literally made her like so, just like one, pretty much just like one dimensional, yeah. Um, which is pretty naff considering it's her. You know, I, I was kind of expecting one of five or six things from it with her involved <laughs> yeah but no um so yeah that was that and uh apart from that i've not watched all that much else apart from a film that we both saw oh yeah joker yeah both saw joker mate didn't we both bloody joker so i mean we probably don't want to go into too much into the politics or whatever and the uproar but i, I just I, I don't think it's warranted no, it doesn't. It just seems like a a cool comic book movie to me. No, no, no point do I feel like it's trying to um, revolutionize incels or <laughs> whatever the, no, the controversy no, no. is. So I mean, I'll, I'll br- briefly touch on the criticisms only because it seems like it's just another one of those things, you know. In that film, films have received criticism like this for decades. Films, films that have different vibe, like Taxi Driver had it. You know, we've had. We've probably had every couple of years there's a film that kind of gets this. And obviously we've already discussed the hunt getting pulled completely. Yeah. It kind of like it kind of like touches a nerve of like the current political social climate and people kind of feel the need to almost blame it 
for a certain yeah. things rather than rather than taking a step back and thinking you know if people aren't committing any acts or acts in a certain way because of art and if they are it's such a tiny 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 fraction of that audience that it's almost it's just totally ridiculous and pointless to even try and create some sort of narrative that that films like this are to blame especially when things like john wick and deadpool and things which have got an abundance of yeah. violence in it because it doesn't quite take itself seriously it's not kind of thought of as being being bad bad but because someone's experiencing you know essentially but even this i don't feel like they're taking the political side of it seriously Do you know what i mean i still feel like they're just playing into the they're still playing with toys in a way i don't feel like uh what's the todd what's the name of the director todd phillips todd, i don't think todd phillips is trying to make a point do you i don't think so and it's a bit weird because anything i've read from the director he doesn't strike me as the kind of person like after watching this film i mean i was pretty blown away by this film but you know when you're blown away by a film but you kind of you you read about what the director's talk says about it and you kind of go yeah, he said, few, he said a few things he about like few... woke culture and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it almost feels like it's just an incendiary thing to say because yeah. you know that's not the case at all, is it? I mean, I mean, it's not he said about what woke culture basically killing comedy, and this is like, no, that's I mean that that's just not true, and and yeah. maybe it's an incendiary thing to say to get more people more butts in seats for this, but um, yeah, so brushing all that to the side, which I think you need to do with this. It's unfortunate because I honestly think it's one of the best individual performances I've seen from not just Joaquin Phoenix, but from anybody in the last couple of years. Like considering he's pretty much the films centered entirely around him, even even sort of other side characters. Are, there's no ma- other ma- major major actors in it, really, is there? Apart from people having really small roles. I know Zazie Beats well, isn't it, but she's not got a huge role. And uh, Brian, Niro, I think, but he's—it's more like a, oh yeah, he's a yeah, of course, bigger head really rather than an actual character. Yeah. Exactly, but I kind of mean yeah. There's not there's not other characters that are interwoven into the story, and people aren't integral to this story. Other characters, it does really feel like really character driven yeah. film. But yeah, I was, I mean, I was just just fully fully captivated by it like for the for the duration really and i think the soundtrack was great i think that last half an hour well this there's a couple of bits that like um i have to watch through my fingers and it's the same with the king of comedy which this takes a lot from yeah yeah of course the the violence stuff is kind of there's bits where he's like hunting people down with the piss like this gun and they're kind of like horrific in a sort of this is kind of quite real (laughs) Uh, but the bits that I found really horrific were like when he's doing stand-up comedy, <laughs> like those kind yeah. of bits where you kind of yeah. feel like what's going to happen, and especially when he goes on TV, it genuinely felt like I don't know what's going to happen here, and I'm kind of my heart rate was going. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely of the of the opinion that this character doesn't and never does, never has needed uh, a backstory. Yeah, even in the Killing Joke, which is obviously one of the best Batman stories, I kind of take it with a pinch of salt, and I think. Yeah, this may have been his origin story, but I feel like I don't need to know. So I'm watching this. It's almost like a, it, again, it reminds me of one of those what if stories. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to when it comes to these sort of characters, but um, yeah, and it's just given him, given him obviously the, all the stuff to do with like um, mental health and mental health funded being cut and political unrest and the social climate and Gotham City 
you know, Gotham City for, for once in a, in a film set in Gotham City, it didn't feel like we focused too much on Gotham City. It was just it was constantly there as that tension in the background. But um, yeah, I don't think the violence is gratuitous, as I've heard sort of no. it mentioned. And I think there's a really good it, violent well, bit there. There's a really good violent scene. <laughs> Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, uh, it's, uh, I was just gonna say, it's one of, I think it's one of the best comic book movies. Like, I just think it's, when I think of all the comic book movies in the, ever made, I think it's up there as one of the top ones. It's, it is really captured, you know, some of, some of that really dark nihilism that joked of Joker from the yeah. page in a way that oh, I don't want to say that we haven't seen before because we've seen it differently and just as good. Yeah. Uh, with Heath Ledger, I kind of feel sorry for Jared Leto because I think if he was given an opportunity like this, he probably would have done just as well. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like imagine if roles were reversed. Just imagine that for a second. <laughs> I can't imagine Joaquin Phoenix like go. Can you imagine it? Yeah. That'd be fantastic. But I wonder how Jared Leto feels. So, as I said, I feel a bit sorry for him because it's got to be an actor's dream to be able to portray a character like this. A character is so well known by people. Because so, yeah. obviously with Tra- with Travis Bickle, he was an original character, um, so that's. I think that would be like role. one of the big complaints for this is that it's just a little bit too by the numbers in terms of the, the sort of the shots that have been sort of stolen from seventies cinema. Um, even like the bit at the end with the sort of the network speech, which I thought was really good, but it kind of well, uh, yeah, maybe we need to. Set- we are spoiling Joker for anyone. If if anyone wants to skip ahead a few minutes. I'll put spoilers in the in the show title. We're kind of spoiling it, but we're not. But I mean, I mean, may, all right. Maybe the next thing I'm going to say is it can be considered a spoiler. Minor, minor criticisms for me would be that by the time the makeup is donned, I don't think like they were that too. There weren't that many different mannerisms that he brought forward. He was very much Arthur Fleck in the makeup. I expected a little bit more theatre and maybe a bit more bravado, a bit more confidence that would have come with this new persona. I think, but when he sort of sat down in the chair, he would kind of yeah. steal a reflect. Okay, so deep in spoilers now, but as he's about to be brought out onto stage and he had this whole thing planned, but then his body kind of contorts in this weird way, I kind of felt like that was him becoming, that was his final transformation scene. Well, when uh, he kind of goes like like this, just kind of puts his arms out before, as the curtains were yeah. opening. I mean, it's great. I mean, there's no other way of looking at it i think if you're a comic book fan yes if you're but you don't have to be a comic book fan to enjoy it it's a very good character driven character yeah. study you know if it was um, done what did people in your cinema say did you get any sort of no I, you know, I didn't hear much okay. I, heard, I think i heard someone say that was weird uh, oh, okay because <laughs> um, i guess if you're going into something like that you've got expectations you've seen joker portrayed in so many different ways yeah you kind of expect one thing or another you don't really expect to i guess sympathize or or understand this character's plight but at the same point i don't think you sympathize with him enough you know when he goes too far so there's a person yeah exactly yeah there's a person to my left that was like well we ain't no Heath ledger is he and then there's a person to my oh, right someone literally just say that someone said that and someone to my right as i was walking out said that was the best performance i've ever seen in my life <laughs> i was like yeah. wow okay so like it's all about walking phoenix's performance oh, no yeah, one even man. saw they the would... film there were really, really, there were some bits. I mean, it's hard to compare because we did because the Dark Knight wasn't a film led by the Joker. The Joker yeah. was in that film, but it wasn't about the Joker. Yeah. So it's hard to compare the performances because, I mean, how how many minutes of screen time Heath Ledger probably got in comparison to this? 
you know it's 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 minuscule yeah. so it's it's really difficult to compare it's like you wouldn't you wouldn't go well jared leto was better than a so i, <laughs> I do have a, a couple of complaints one is i preferred all the bits that weren't so comic booky in the sense that when it seemed the comic book stuff seemed to be references seemed to be shoved in there a little bit too much and I kind of felt like it was more natural before he went to Wayne Manor and before all those kind of bits. And also, the Gary Glitter song. It, <laughs> it, it seemed really um, uh, like anticlimactic. Because it seems to be building up to that bit when he goes down the stairs. And that song didn't seem to quite work. Oh, in the way, not in the way the rest of the, the, the soundtrack, soundtrack should have just It should have just been the score. Yeah. Because the, the Gary Glitter song is there and then it kind of dips into the soundtrack, doesn't it? Yeah. It should have been the soundtrack. Uh, sorry, the score. It should have been the score because yeah. the score was like the deep, ominous sort of deep, ominous. And then he's dancing in this way when he was dancing to Gary Glitter. Almost, do you know what I mean? It was like it looked like an advert for yeah. something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It did look it like, like an, an advert, advert. for like chewing or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but that's that just goes to show, like that something as simple as like the music choice can completely turn a scene on its head. I, I saw that and I thought the. I don't understand. This music's not quite working for me. I didn't seem to work. I don't know, it seemed like a misstep to me. But um, but it's a great film. We definitely recommend it's, to go to considering it. the artist as well. You know what I mean? Like if you're gonna yeah, if you're gonna make a bad cho- if you're gonna make a bad choice, I think song, they must but... have said they must have done that as some knowing wink. This big, what? it's gr- kind of gross, really. But it's a gross knowing wink, and also, but how well known is this guy in in the US? You know what I mean? Maybe maybe they didn't know. Maybe, maybe like, they just, oh, that sounds great. That's a great piece of music. Something about the, the intentions of the guy's voice that just really resonates with this film. <laughs> yeah, great. And then for the for the for the and then for the uh, final credits, we're gonna have lost profits. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> just, just for the very... I was about to sing a lost profits song there, but you know it might be bad taste. Yeah, I, I I don't listen to lost profits anymore. But every now and again, I'll put like last train home on or something because I feel like apart from Ian Watkins, the other guy is all right. I mean, yeah. we don't know, said, but yeah, um, I've been out like at a pub and it's and it's been played before, and it's, uh, it's kind of like you don't, weird. yeah, just don't know how to how to feel. So I kind of just go to, go to the toilet, have a wee, have a long wee, and then come back out. And it's done. How come Ben goes to the toilet every time Lost Profits plays? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You have to ask him when he comes out. <laughs> okay, so uh, other than that, did you see anything else? No, that was it, really. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Other than Ready or Not, which I actually saw like five weeks ago, I think now. Um, oh, Jesus. I don't know. Maybe it's not that long. No. Maybe no, no. Ago, oh, I saw, I saw, I, you saw it a lot longer ago than I did. So okay. I saw it maybe at the end of September. So Ready or Not? Have you got Ready some or Not. So, yes. <laughs> Ready or Ready? Not. It's a 20, 2019 American black comedy horror directed by... Matt Bettinelli Olpin and Tyler Gillett Gillette. Uh, the film stars Samara Weaving as a newlywed who becomes hunted by her spouse's family as part of a wedding night ritual. Got some other people in it like Adam Brody, uh, Andy McDowell. Yeah, it's quite a cool uh, scene. Yeah, and there's Mark O'Brien, Henry Cherney. This film got, yeah. some, got some decent buzz. Uh, I think out of the gate, I think Stephen King tweeted about it. Um, 88% Rotten Tomatoes critic score, 78% user score. Uh, odds there, 7.1 IMDb. Um, I think um, I was expecting like a good film, but I 
it, but it did some there's some great it's a lot of fun like it was just a really good time at the cinema like everyone, everyone was like laughing in my theater then about you people were at the cinema having a great time oh, yeah definitely it definitely had some laughs um i know it's, it's billed as a horror film and i guess it is a horror film but you know i mean it's it's just a violent sort of black comedy thriller i guess and that with i guess that the stuff that they've kind of thrown in there the, the the mythology of it kind of makes it a horror but i so yeah i was gonna say so yeah i thought it was gonna be standard filler threat uh, fair but that extra devil angle i mean really adds quite a lot to it i really enjoy that kind of stuff the sort of uh, yeah yeah that was cool also i mean samara weaving was kind of amazing i think she's yeah, great so in this... everything she's been in well, I think, as I mentioned, this is the first thing I've actually seen her in. Yeah. Jesus Christ, she looks like Margot Robbie. Like, Do you not think she looks like Hugo Weaving? <laughs> <laughs> little bit. little bit. She's got the eyebrows. Uh, wait, is she related to Hugo Weaving? <laughs> yeah. I think it's the niece or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uncle. Yeah. She's not his uncle. He's her uncle. <laughs> but she looks so much like Margot Robbie. It's, like, ridiculous. Like, I think they're both in Home and Away as well, right? Yeah. They're both in Home and Away. That's messed up. They got like some laboratory somewhere. Breeding. Them. Breeding yeah. the Australian ladies for these major roles. Yeah. Also, it's good to see Adam Brody from the OC. Um, I always kind of felt like he was a talented dude. I don't know what happened to him. Um, he's he's a guy that I kind of just, I, I always think, I recognize him. What's he in? But he is in loads of stuff. Is he? I kind of feel like he did but, in the OC. So he's in he Scream. It's just having a look now. He's in Scream Four. Is he? <laughs> yeah, he's Go in on. like loads of stuff like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, he's he? in the Ring as Ma- he's in the Ring as Mel Teen One. He's in American oh, Pie yeah, Two as high, high, <laughs> He's in American Pie Two as high school guy. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I never watched UFC, so you know. Yeah. I'm too cool for that, mate. You know what I mean? He's also in Shazam this year. That's cool. He sounds like he's having a bit of a comeback. Um, and in Medal as well. Yeah. I don't know where, where she's been um, since 90s. Four weddings. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Andy McDowell, how old would you say she is? Just have a little guess, Luke Condor. 55? No, younger than that. 53. 50, 52. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 61. Is she really? Wow. Got a bit of dollar, aren't she? That's why she's managed to keep looking young and fresh. Yeah, I mean, the cast in it, there's, there's tons of them. Uh, so, uh, Mark O'Brien is Alex Ladomas. So, there's the family. There's the Ladomas family. Um, yeah, so Ladomas family, they're obviously very well off. Um, they, their family are like a gaming dynasty empire. You know, they've made a lot of money from board games and stuff. Uh, and they're all very, yeah. very eccentric, pretty much. Very well, the close family, rich. at least. Like the whole thing is like uh, the rich are different to the poor people, and Samara Weaving is kind of like the poor person who's coming to marry into this family. So she's got yep. like a uh, she doesn't think she's as good as these people. Maybe she doesn't feel like she's um, as worthy. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I guess um, if she wants to, she wants to blend in as well as possible. Um, There's a bit uh, of controversy as well because I think they've only been together for something like 18 months, haven't they? Yeah. So I think her family, I think uh, sorry, the family of the guy she's marrying are a bit like maybe she's a gold digger. Yeah. Or you know she's just not being very genuine in her actions of marrying their sons. So obviously, yeah, but they're all very protective and strange and there's like a an, a an old aunt who looks actually terrifying she looks like um zool grown up grown up old gozer gozer that's it not yeah zool. she looks like she, she looks like it. gozer but like as an old lady that's gozer what she looks like 35 years later it's, it's, it's spot on yeah um mm. i mean it's if you oh, sorry. okay let's try mark o'brien is alex dermas he's the uh husband <laughs> He's the dad, the husband of uh, the girl one. No, so, <laughs> uh, no, no. So Mark O'Brien as Alex Lomas is Grace's husband. Um, is that what you said? He's like the main guy then, right? He's okay. not the main guy. So Alex, Alex, yeah. Alex uh, sorry, Grace's husband. Yeah. He obviously gets married, and then there's when when things kick off, he's essentially like the outsider from it. He knows what's happening, yeah. but he kind of yeah. wants to keep Grace protected okay. from everything. And then everyone's kind of more of this family one of are like more involved than others others kind of like believe it others have never been involved others yeah. are kind of like trying to maintain the the ritual i guess um some more so than others so yeah there's a lot of conflicting ideas within the family as well some are a bit um incompetent as well we've got a couple yeah there's a guy well uh the daughter and who's got a coke problem i think uh, was yeah. a drug problem and then her husband who uh, yeah. doesn't seem to fit in with family, or doesn't seem to understand the traditions as well as they do either. And there's like some great characters. There's the the butler. Um, I can't find what yeah. his name is it, but he was really funny. I thought um, there's like three maids and there's some kids. Yeah. There's a lot. There's tons of characters rocking around in this house. Um, yeah. So essentially, it is a pretty much a one location 
yeah. uh, movie, but it takes place in a house and the grounds around it. A big sort of like country estate house in, I'm assuming it's in America. Yeah, it's got to be. Um, but yeah, so essentially the, the premise is that to initiate new people who marry into the family, they sort of pick a card out of this box that will tell them what game they need to play. Um, and, you know, sometimes it could be chess, sometimes it can be Rounders. name another game, Tomb Raider. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it can be like that. But there is a card, which is hide and seek. Now, when that card is pulled, we're we're made to believe mainly from like a the, the opening sequence gives yeah. us a flashback to a time when two of the brothers were very young. Um, and there's a there's a sort of a game of hide and seek happening while they're sort of hiding in a cupboard. And so when hide and seek happens, essentially all the rest of the family have to hunt down and kill the person who's just wed into the family. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the, the, there's a little prologue with that uh, one guy getting moided or sacrificed. So we don't really see what happens to him. Um, and then he goes to 30 years later. Uh, yeah, 30 years later. Um, Alex and Samara Weaving's character, Grace, are going to get married. He's been away from the family for a little while. They don't know where he's been. This is them bringing him back into the family. Um, and they all seem a bit back stuffy. Yeah, yeah, back to the they, they seem a bit stuffy. Um they seem like they've got their own like weird ways and tomorrow we're just trying to find a way. There's like an aunt who, like you said, goes her, um, doesn't like her at all, uh, doesn't seem to take to her at all. Um, who just seems to pop up in certain places. Uh, but the wedding yeah, goes the wedding goes ahead. Just pop up, pop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the wedding goes ahead. It's a bit weird because before the wedding they kinda like give each other like a pep talk, don't they? Um before yeah. you get married, almost trying trying to uh, yeah, so we get a little bit of a backstory about, like, obviously the family and that they're all, I don't know, they all kind of seem like they all hate each other, but they're sort of, they're linked by this secret, I guess, that needs to keep the family together and the family going. Yeah. Um, Why don't they just not do it? <laughs> Why don't they just not get married anymore? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, I, it's, I, yeah, I don't it, know if we get, I was yeah. kind of thinking that. Um, but I don't. I think I think it maybe is explained a little bit, but I don't know if it's explained in a way that yeah. is in any way believable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the the wedding happens. It's quite a small, despite the fact it's in this massive house. It's quite a small wedding. There doesn't seem to be loads and loads of people around. It seems to be quite a family affair. No one yeah. from Grace's family is there, which is because she she grew up um, in. She was like an orphan growing up in foster homes. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. That sounds about right. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, obviously there's like his alcoholic brother, Daniel, um, there's like a snobbish wife called Charity. Obviously, Emily, as you mentioned before, drug addicted, drug addicted sister. Um, there's a husband and, uh, there's quite a lot. Yeah. There's loads of people. Cause obviously you need fodder, I guess. For this. Yeah, Although yeah. I say you need fodder, but there weren't, this wasn't quite as like relentlessly gory and violent as i expected it to possibly be it has i mean it has points sure, yeah sure there's loads but it wasn't quite as relentlessly like i expected yeah. a lot more i mean get quite this iconic um image on the poster which is the bride with a with like a shotgun and the the, the shells sort of draped across her like that mm. that is pretty much she's she looks like that for what about 10 minutes in the film yeah <laughs> before she finds out that the uh the bullets are just for, for a display only <laughs> 
I kind of wanted her to have that gun and to start even fucking people up. Or she kind of does at the end, but um, not with a gun. I sort of think uh, it never really gets to that point. I think she punches a little kid at some point. That's... Yeah, she punches a little kid, but you know, yeah. he he shoots her in the hand. Yeah. So uh, it's the best way to do it. So yeah, um, basically, when it's when the clock strikes mid strikes midnight. They all get together in this sort of main room, this like gaming room, where there's various games all around the edge of the and thing, and they pull as well. I think. Oh, loads of weapons on the wall. Yeah. Um. So they draw draw a card from this like mysterious, weird wooden box, which has obviously got some sort of not curse, but links to. Yeah. So uh, their great grandfather Victor Lodomus made a deal with a man named Lebeo. Um, yeah. And it's like if they play that game, whenever someone gets married. Um, then the family will be super wealthy, and they'll build their yep. gaming empire. And they've they've stuck to that, and that's how they've made their wealth. Um, and tonight they're going to play it again. Why so specific? Why why so specific? It's almost like yeah. Why such a specific? Uh, I like that Faustian you know? tale aspect. It's it's cool. It it kind of elevated this film, I think, to other. Like killer game, um, this seems to make it a little bit different. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a, it was a welcome sort of addition to what was essentially like a path that was been well, well trodden, I, I guess. And yeah, you say that, but I'm trying to think. I can't um, think we've seen films that did it. Well, um, it must be. Well, I guess your next. I, I guess know. maybe your next. Um, what else? <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I guess it, it kind of very loosely is... Yeah, I guess a little bit's got a bit of that. Yeah, but I guess it's very loosely Battle Royale and Hunger Games in a way, isn't it? Loosely, yeah. on a much smaller scale. Got a bit of a purge element to it as well. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely some purge elements to it. Weird how this film was complete, went completely under the radar in terms of its violence, but Joker was... <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very strange. So, um, Grace pulls a card from the box um, and it says hide and seek and she doesn't seem to realise, she thinks it's just a game of hide and seek and she's, like I said, like I think every like, line you know, or whatever, every little quip or emotional face that Smarrow even pulls, it just seems to be no perfect. I just think she's yeah. uh, really talented um, for this kind of thing. Uh, and if she runs away, goes to hide in the, um, the dumb waiter, I think, at some point. Um, and then while she's doing that, the rest of the family give her like a hundred seconds and they start to tool up. They start to arm themselves with guns yeah. and knives and um, shotguns and, and whatever else. Yep. Yeah. Um, what I find strange is that like Grace isn't given any sort of warning as to what happened. She literally just thinks she's playing hide and seek. She's told like even her husband doesn't explain to her. Um, Maybe that's the rules. I don't know what happens as she goes off. Um, he does get away and goes and finds her and then explains to her. Yeah. Um, but like any but, game, you should tell some of the rules beforehand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but so basically, what it seems like is, unless he'd done that, they get an immediate, <laughs> an immediate sort of advantage because mm. they could just walk up to her and pop a cap in her ass, and that'd be it. Yeah. Um. But what convinced? Obviously, Grace doesn't really believe it essentially until she sees um, Emily accidentally kill one of the maids. By uh, just shooting her in the head with a shotgun. Is it yeah. Shotgun? Uh, well, that becomes like a running joke as well. All the maids get like accidentally killed. Yeah. 
And when when they do, one of the members of the family goes, that was my favourite one. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's where the violence kind of sort of erupts and grace when she sees that, that kind of confirms to her, you know, this is, this is, this shit's getting real. Um, I mean, unfortunate, isn't it? Having a lovely wedding day and now you've got to fight for your life. Yeah. But, I mean, um, it's, yeah. It's, go on, sorry. So Alex has the role of sort of explaining it to her and sort of explaining the rules and explaining why his family do this and why they had to do it and why he couldn't get out of it, all that stuff. And immediately when he started doing that, I honestly immediately thought, Something ain't right about him. He's gonna bloody. He's gonna turn out to be a bastard. Yeah. Yeah. The but bastard senses tingling. I got the bastard senses tingling. But as time yeah. went on, I thought actually maybe, maybe not, maybe not, maybe he is a genuine thing. But I thought, can't he just like run out with her, just take her off? Like yeah. they do a lot, and they do a lot in this story where they kind of like have him elsewhere, like either chained up or knocked out, or you know, so that he can't come and help. Which yeah. I think was a bit of a stretch. A bit of a stretch at times. So, yeah, so basically the family think they need to kill her before dawn in order for the, the ritual to be complete. And you'll say if that they don't kill her. They die. That's the whole thing. If they don't kill her, if they, they don't kill her, die. they die, I think, I think is essentially what they think. Yeah. 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 Because it, didn't, um, did it happen before or something? Or how did it? It's weird. I guess they don't know. I guess that's the whole thing. Like they just have to have faith that they will die if they don't don't do it um yeah yeah by the way so uh I, so i watched an early um the, i watched this like a few weeks before it came out and i think i watched an early cut of it because there were bits where uh sound just wasn't where i thought sound should be like there's a guy playing piano at one point and he's tickling the keys and there's no sound <laughs> coming oh, out right, okay so it's like okay that's but and then also there's some scenes um where it just seemed like the editing wasn't quite complete so I don't know if um, I was like I couldn't tell if like some of the bits around here, like some of the jokes weren't landing, and I was like, "Oh, is this because it's just like a, a, a like a first edit sort of thing?" Like, yeah, I, I kind of felt like it dampened the experience a little bit, but so maybe it was a bit zingier for you. I don't know. It felt like it dragged a little bit for me this this element, this part. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't have that problem. Um, I don't know how zingy it was for me. I mean, there's some some bits were you know quite amusing, other bits. Not so much. I think what happened with me with this is that I was completely sold by the concept yeah. and really, really into it. But then I kind of like fell out of love with it real quick. It was strange. Strange yeah. one where I was like, yeah, 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 let's do this. Just. But then it got to a point and I was just like, eh. I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah. know what it was. Something, something just didn't quite, it didn't quite hit the nail on the head for me. And I think it was because from the trailer and, and what I heard about the film, I kind of did expect it to be a bit relentless in terms of violence. And yeah. I think it kind of, it kind of tiptoed around stuff for a long time. I felt. Yeah. Well, I was, th- I was thinking, it never I, really, I, it never, sorry. sorry. I was just going to say, I just kind of wish it was zingier and funnier. Like I kind of felt like if, if the jokes were more on point or if like uh, the editing was a bit like sharper, it would have, it felt like it was kind of stuttering at times. Like the first like half an hour, I felt like it was really kind of well done, and it just started to sputter out a little bit. And it found its feet again when I think when Grace gets outside of the outside of the house. Oh no, when she's like nearly escaping and there's a butler singing. <laughs> I got I yeah. kind of go into that bit. I mean, she is a great, a really great leading lady. I think she was she was you were like really rooting for her. Um, you really sort of felt her plight and sort of the, all these different emotions she was feeling because obviously she was 
<laughs> she was obviously it was her wedding day and she was in love with somebody and now all this shit shit was going down. I believed it, mate, all right? I yeah. believed it. Yeah. Um so yeah, at some point I think another another maid gets killed by like the, the dumb waiter elevator. Yeah. Um which I think Grace accidentally uses I think. Yeah, she turned it um, on. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um and then there's Daniel. So uh he's the sort of drunk brother. But he clearly isn't fully on board with what the family are doing either, to the point where he catches her in the study at one point and basically just says, Look, I'm gonna give you ten seconds to, to go and then I'll call them. So he's not trying to kill her at all, he's just having a drink. Yeah. Um which which he does and the rest of the family. The rest of the family always seem to be like all together, following behind. Like you'd split up, wouldn't you? Go and go and find someone unless they're worried about like accidentally killing each other. Yeah, yeah. Friendly fire. Family Friendly fire. fire. Yeah. Uh, so Alex, Alex at this point is like using the security to unlock different doors of the house. Um, but while he's trying to do that, his family sort of discover him and realize what he's doing. So they like restrain him. Do they like handcuff him? In yeah, the, they handcuff him to a bed. The room. Yeah. Yeah. And this is when we get quite an iconic moment where Grace rips up her, her ball gown. Ball gown? Wedding dress. Ball gown. <laughs> Same thing, mate. Same thing. Going to the ball, <laughs> getting married. Don't care. She rips up her dress, obviously. She's got Converse on. Um, shotgun, oh, yeah. yeah, and sh- and and the shells around it. What, what, and I, I was thinking, people are going to be going mental for that on Halloween, aren't they? Yeah, but uh, like <laughs> you said, like it's not. Um, how does it work? I mean, she she buys some blanks. Yeah, so basically, when she's in the kitchen trying to get out of a certain uh, room, ah, the, 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 but, the butler's yeah. sort of like the butler's singing some classical music, um, and <laughs> yeah. obviously she tries to get away from. It. It's quite it's quite tense in there where he keeps hearing things, and she's but she tries to get out, and she aims the gun at him and then obviously he knows that those bullets aren't going to hurt him um but then she throws a load of scald not water in his face yeah it's always the go-to that scald not water yep. in the face um she escapes she the ends house, up gets yep. out into the into like the climbs through a fence i think uh did she cut a hand here or cuts herself here i can't really remember uh but it's difficult um right can't just escape out the front door it's difficult because obviously he's aware of what's happening he's kind of been listening in knows they're all trying to kill her and he uses a gun shoots her in the hand actually makes a hole in her hand and then she gives him a sucker punch punches so him straight you, you just cut out by the way for about you just cut out for about two minutes then um what are you saying <laughs> well, two whole minutes <laughs> you started talking and then it just went boop 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 and then you came back and he like and he punched in the face Punch awesome. in the face. So basically, I said, she goes to the barn, um, and a little boy, like, basically has been working out what's been going on, realizes what they're all trying to kill her, and he shoots her in the hand, and she sucker punches him. Bang! Run the Swede. Yeah. Okay. Let me get my head around what's happening here. So, uh, so at some point, she gets in the car, right? Is that before the hand or after the hand? Yeah. So after the hand. Then she falls into like this pit. Um, yeah. Okay. So there's, there's like, there's like uh, carved up goats and stuff. So are they like sacrificing people as well? Yeah, but it, just goats. There, there are there are human bodies down there as well. So they're obviously previous previous victims of the same of the same sort of thing. And really? I guess how many maybe... are they getting married to? How how often are they marrying people and killing them? Because like they made out that that was like a really rare 
can't well, like skeleton. Yeah, but they're, they're like skeletons. So, you know, uh, okay. maybe oh, it's yeah. happened over the course of quite a, like a really yeah. long time. Yeah. It gets like blood all over it, so I kind of figured like, like last week. Yeah. And there's a pretty gruesome bit where she climbs out of the, that pit and there's a nail sort of jutting out of the of the wood at the top. And yeah. she puts the, the whole of her hand like straight over the top of it. Yeah. Which is uh, pretty gruesome. But then she yeah. then she rips up bits of her dress and uses them as bandages. She's pretty fucked up already, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like there's early days in this and she's already like been shot in the hand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then she gets in the car. And then she drives away, right? And then, yeah. so I mean, all this kind of flies by fairly quickly. Um, it's a bit. It feels like she's getting away, but then she makes a phone call to the. There's like a, it's like a human sat nav sort of service. That I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Human, uh, I mean, rich people, rich humans have that. I've never. Do we have this in real life? I don't know. Uh, um, I, don't, I don't know. But yeah, it's like a vehicle assistance company. Um, but then she said, then it says, well, this car was just reported stolen, so we're going to, have to disable it. So they disable it remotely, um, and then the butler comes and manages to tranquilize and cap- capture her. And then we get, I mean, this is a bit ridiculous. He kind of FaceTimes the whole family, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, but he caught her. Don't worry about it. But then she's obviously waking up in the back and, and they're like, like moving towards him, trying to tell him about. And then they're like, selling again or something. I kind of feel like he's singing. I think he's can't. singing again, yeah. yeah. Um, so she causes him to crash the car, and he actually dies during the crash. Yeah. Um, and, but she manages to get out. But Daniel is there having a having a drink just in the woods, um, and he knocks yeah. her knocks her out and captures it. But again, there's so many different things and stuff where I feel like people act a certain way, and then in a few scenes down the line, they act the opposite way. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like, why would you not act like that the first time? You know. Yeah. There's a bit of inconsistency with some of these characters, especially with like Andy McDowell's character as well. He seems to sort seems of be like someone her. that's on his side. Just like her, yeah. yeah. And then and you kind of think maybe there's something into about that, but then she kind of becomes like one of the worst ones. Yeah. Later on, and uh, yeah, well they tie her up, don't they? And they go like, right now it's time to do the sacrificing part of the night. We've had a buffet. Now it's time for yeah. this ritual human sacrifice. Um, yeah. So they all like drink drink for some wine. It's weird yeah. because like the, the whole premise is right. You got to hunt her down and kill her. Yeah. But don't actually kill her because you got to bring her back here to kill that her. That's a good point. You got to maim her. I think was the whole you thing. Got to maim her. Yeah, but yeah. that's pressure, isn't it? If you're she, she wants to kill you so she can survive. But you just got to maim her. I, yeah. I, I think, I think I'd panic. <laughs> I'd panic and kill her. And then what happens? Yeah. Then, then you're screwed. You're gonna die. Um, but I mean, maybe that's why they don't tell the rules at the start. Like it's too, too Enemy. difficult. Too difficult. I don't mean. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, they all start to cough up blood and stuff. I think, right? Um, yeah. So basically, they all cough up blood, except for Daniel, who like poisoned the wine non non lethally. I think it just makes everyone a bit sick. Yeah. Um, but he does basically say, "You lot deserve to die," which is this is strange. So he lets her go to the, in the first instance. Yeah. And later on, he knocks her out and captures her. But then he lets her go. So are we meant to feel that he's like conflict? His ideas are conflicting, or he's so consistent. The reason he captured her before to, at the end uh, because his dad was watching. I think he like knew uh, his yeah, dad was okay, watching. Yeah, he knew his dad was there. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, he's like, and the dad's like, I didn't. I was beginning to not know what side you were on, or whatever he says. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah. So they all start to cough up blood, maybe or something, and then he lets her go. But then he gets killed, 
for some reason. I can't remember why. Um, he gets shot yeah, in the neck or something. Dad? Oh, it's his wife. His wife, Charity, who's like been... Apparently she came from a similar position to him. That's right. To yeah, her, yeah. even. Uh, but she's like gone all the way in. Like she's like, I ain't going yeah, back yeah. to her going she poor. Like, no, she basically wants to like... That yeah, she's in. She's all the way in. She doesn't want uh, it all to be ruined and go back yeah. to being poor or anything like that. So, uh, so she shoots so, yeah. Adam Brody. She shoots his neck off, and yeah. then uh, he's uh, dying. Uh, and then I think, um, how does she kill Grace? What happens to Grace? So basically, Grace starts a fire now. <clears throat> Sorry, yeah. Grace starts a fire, um, and the house obviously is starting to burn down. Um, but then and Andy McDowell gets into a fight with um, Grace, and Grace like beats her to death with like the box where the cards were like sort of taken from. In. Yeah, caves are sculling, and obviously it looks looks pretty bad for her because Alex arrives and realizes what's happened. So he immediately walks in and goes, "Right, first of all, you killed my mum," and then she then he also sees that um, Daniel's dead and because yeah. he hasn't got any context. I guess he assumes she's dead as well. Um, but then this is where we start to see the mask begin to slip for Alex. So I say the mask begin to slip. I don't think he was all in from the start, but yeah. I think now he's starting to realize, well, I've got no choice. You know, I think he even says to Grace at one point, he's like, you're not going to want to be with me at the end of this, are you? You know what oh, I mean? Yes, if we she, both live through this. Would. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as soon as he realized that, he kind of thinks, well, fuck it, you know. Yeah, but he, there's no he way does. he could be with her because... Either he kills her and they live, or he doesn't kill her or, and they die. And they die, yeah. Jesus Christ. He's in a, <laughs> he's in a pickle. Um, he's in a pickle, yeah. So he so, captured her. Yeah, so he captures her. Yeah, they yeah. capture her again, and it, it does get a bit silly now, because it's almost like, how many more times can she like really get away? This, this, I think this scene as well is reaching a little bit, because it's proper like one of the... Trying to, sta- trying to stab her. I think he, isn't Alex trying to stab her? Like yeah. that, but she stabs him. She does something, and he stabs her in the shoulder, and then she manages to just like that, something, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, sort it's a bit new. weird. This bit, it was almost yeah. like right, well, she's dead. They've got her pinned down. They're ready to stab her. She's dead. But somehow she still makes it out, and I wasn't fully sold by that. It almost felt like yeah. it needed, in, it needed an in, an intervention from something else or someone because I feel yeah. like the previous scene, she got away in almost exactly the same way. I know yeah, I think, a, I think so, as soon as you start repeating scenes, um, it starts to like this something doesn't seem to sit right. Um, but so she gets in the shoulder, and I think just just in time because I think the sun's starting to rise, which is when the deadline was. Um, and then they were like, "Oh, nothing's going to happen." And I kind of felt like, "Oh, okay, nothing's going to happen." And the thing would be like, "They they've just been killing people for no reason." Um, but then yeah. what's her face? Tries to kill a gozer. Tries to kill her with the axe, and then explodes. Yeah, starts like running a, towards her. Explodes in like a mist of blood, and then they all start <laughs> yeah. popping, like uh, cherries in a microwave or something. Um, and then it's a, it's a cool little bit where you see the devil guy, the sort of, like a sort of ghostly apparition of him winking at her. Great performance, mm. lass. You've done the top. Yeah. That'll so she's do. literally covered. It. She's literally covered in blood because they've all exploded around her. Yeah. Um, the house continues to burn and she sort of leaves and smoking a fag. Um, uh, yeah, she sits on the, she sits down as the, as the house is burning down and 
first responders arrive yeah and uh someone say what the hell happened or are you all right and she just shrugs and sort of says in-laws yeah yeah it's cool it's a fun little way to end um yeah yeah um i was gonna tell you maybe i shouldn't tell you <laughs> no on a podcast i don't, I don't know uh, so cat's uh parents had a similar <laughs> had like a, a bust up with um cat's brother's uh family they had like a little meet up the other day and then he got into a scrap <laughs> like an a literal, ass, uh, <laughs> a a literal scrap, scrap. <laughs> yeah so like Jesus. Um, apparently started out i don't want to go into detail but like just started out of nowhere that all the brothers cat's brothers ended up cat's brother and dad started fighting with her brother's girlfriend's brothers and dad <laughs> like, oh in, my this, God, in this pub started like throwing fists and stuff that's fantastic yeah <laughs> I, feel, I feel a little bit gutted like I wanted to I wish I would have witnessed that yeah not that I condone violence but you know what I mean no okay man uh, I've got some trivia for you oh very nice again it's quite difficult with newer films to get some trivia um, so you kind of have to yep. do your best let's this score me for my trivia how I do out of giving the trivia okay number one how many different wedding dresses were created for the film um Let's say 15. Mate, 17. You know your wedding dresses. You were like, oh, that's a different oh, dress. I could tell the tailor is slightly different there. <laughs> uh, 100%. What was the body count of the film? Number two, what was the oh. body count? Uh, let's say 13. Mate, you're doing well. Uh, 15. Charles, Clara, oh. Tina, Dora, Stevens, Daniel, Becky, Aunt Helene, Fitch, Charity, Emily, Gabe, Georgie, Tony, and Alex. I suppose all the, the little kids died as well, yeah. Yeah. yeah Off point. screen. Off yeah. screen. Yeah, you can't have a bound screen. Uh, number three. There's six methods of murder used in the film that were borrowed from what board game? Cluedo? <laughs> I was just thinking about that question. What other board game could it be? Like, there's no yeah. board games where you kill, <laughs> kill people. Well, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, so six methods of murder available in various editions of the board game Clue are used in the film. The Pepperbox revolver used by Emily and her son Georgie. Grace strangles the butler Stevens. The ceremonial wine is poisoned. Aunt Helene decapitates a maid with an axe. A dagger is used for sacrificial ceremony and Grace hits Tony in the face with a lantern which is a bit like a candlestick. Um, number four. Oh yeah. You're never going to get this one. What big sitcom did Samara Weaving wait, what big soap opera did Samara Weaving star in before Ready or Not? Away and home. Home and away. Neighbours. Home and away. Oh, it's Neighbours. Neighbours. Pick your nose and eat some quavers. (laughs) Something like that. Pick your nose and taste the (laughs) flavours. Okay, number five. Name game. Man plays a game where he chases people around and paints them up in red paint. Or he doesn't. Ready, red, ready or not? Yeah, <laughs> ready or not? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay, okay. Uh, so, man, we need to rate, rate the film. I haven't even thought about this. What did I? Uh, I don't know. What, what are you going to go with? Um, in terms of rating, I after I watched it, I was pretty. You know, thinking, yeah, it's pretty good, you know. But as I've sort of thought about it some more, especially in the lead up to this podcast, I've kind of realized I'm one 
massively, massively into it. I enjoyed yeah. it during the during the runtime, you know. But after that, I didn't really think about it that much more. Um, good way to kill ninety minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. if you enjoy enjoy films like that, but I'd probably give it no more than a C minus. Uh, I'm gonna give it a C plus. I think um, I think it's a lot of fun. I think I would like to watch it again at some point in the future. Um, I definitely kind of feel like I need to watch this along with Your Next. I remember really liking Your Next. That was a long time ago. I haven't, so even, I haven't even actually seen Your Next, so maybe I need to watch it at some point. I think it didn't have anywhere near as much budget as this. Like it seemed way lower budget. But I can't. I, I know that the. I seem to remember the ending. That it all came together really quite well in that film. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, C plus. I think it's good. I think people will get a lot out of it. Um, I think it's perfect. Like you said, some motivation seems a bit janky. Um, and I, like, I, yeah. well, I did see like a, a, a like a not a finished edit of the film, so yeah. it might be better next time. I don't know. But then it shouldn't have been in a bloody cinema, should it? If it wasn't a finished edit of the film, Jesus. <laughs> well, it was, the, it was a scream unseen thing, wasn't it? I think they've got to hack him in somehow. Um, okay, man. So what are we doing uh, next week? Uh, oh, I mean, that is a good question. I know we, we spoke about, because obviously we, we've done a lot of new releases, haven't we? Yeah. Um, sort of in a row, probably like four or five episodes. At a time um, in a row. So, yeah. at a time in a row. So, I know we discussed a couple of films that perhaps we could watch. One was Martyrs. Oh, and man, yeah. one was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I think so, maybe what we'll do... struggle to find a version of Martyrs, maybe. Uh, take a look and see if there's a... Yeah, one we can watch. Um, we'll have a look, or we yeah. or we can do in the tall grass, which is out this week. Yeah, yeah. What what do you fancy? Maybe what we'll do is that's three options. Maybe we'll add another option. We'll put it in the horror hangout board of advisors Facebook group. Maybe we'll put it on Twitter as well, and we'll get a little voting, yeah. voting. We'll get a little voting McVoterson on. Yeah. Um, and then we'll see what is the most popular choice, and then we'll watch that. All right, we'll let the people decide. All right. Sounds good. That's, that's democracy. Uh, okay, so this show is brought to you by Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to hawkandcleaver.com. Become a patron over patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovach Cam for our theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, consider giving us a rating review on iTunes and remember to hit subscribe. Thanks to the guys in the Facebook group. Uh, Horror Thank Hangout Advisors. Thanks to yep. people who go onto the web store and buy Horror Hangout t shirts. Thanks to. Uh, everyone at home in their pants currently having thumbs up chips their bum. And... <laughs> Come on. I was going to say chips and dip, but all thumbs that, up all their bum. Yeah. I mean, it's, pro- it's quite late now, so it's probably thumbs up your bum time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's hit that time. Uh, okay, so thanks, my co-host Ben, for being right our dude. Thank you very much, Luke, as always. What a pleasure it's been. <laughs> Wait.
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 